You know, in my Monday morning uh, Bible study last Monday, I read in Psalm chapter 19, verse 1, the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky proclaims his handiwork. Wow. See, that verse reminded me of some of these insane, spectacular sunsets that I've been seeing that do such an incredible job of reflecting the glory of God. But it also reminded me of this. It reminded me that there's something else that is supposed to be reflecting the glory of God. According to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, we, y'all say we. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, prepared by God beforehand that we should walk in them. If you don't know it, my friend, you were created for the glory of God. You see, when we look at ourselves in a mirror, we see a reflection of who we are. But what we don't see is an exact replication of who we are because there's so much more to us than what we see just on the outside. As we grow in our relationship with God, as our fellowship with God becomes more and more intense, we can be assured of this. One thing will become more and more apparent, and that is you will begin to look more and more like the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Not on the outside, but on the inside where it matters. Today... The Apostle John, ironically, the Apostle called the one whom Jesus loved. Today, John tells us that the day is coming where you and I will see Jesus Christ face to face. How that makes you feel this morning can tell you an awful lot about your relationship with God. Are you ready? To see Jesus Christ face to face. I hope you are. But he also tells us. That when we see Jesus Christ face to face. The Bible says. We're going to become like him. For all eternity. My friend. That is good news. But I want to share with you. Some more good news today. And that is. God loves you. If you don't leave here knowing anything else, I want you to leave here knowing that God loves you. That's the best news that you can have. And it's also the primary focus of this whole book. God loves you. And here's how John begins his verses today. If you want to turn with me in the Bibles in front of you, uh, it's on page 1082, I believe, or thereabouts. But I'm in 1 John chapter 3, and I just want you to follow along with these three verses, okay? John begins by saying, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us. Behold! What manner of love 
Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it didn't know him. Beloved, now. Say now. Now. Beloved, now. We are children of God. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. That's good news. For we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. So what John is telling us here, what John is telling believers here is that God has loved us in the past. He's telling believers that God has loved us into the future. And best of all, God loves you today. He loves you right now. Right now. Right where you are in your spiritual journey. And John begins by telling us about God's love. He tells us how God's love has provided for us in the past, you heard it there in the first verses there. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world doesn't know us because it didn't know him. Beloved, now we are children of God. He begins by telling us that God loved us so much that he went so far as to call us believers Children of his. That we are his children. God's love for us is like no other. God's love is like no one has ever seen. God's love for you is a supernatural love. You see, before Jesus came, nobody really knew about the love of God. Before Jesus came, nobody knew about unconditional love. They never knew about the agape love of God. Loving others unconditionally was a foreign concept. Nobody knew it. Nobody understood it. Before Jesus, love was kind of a matter of keeping score. You do something nice for somebody, they do something nice for you. It was kind of tit for tat, if you will. But God's love, The unconditional love of God was different. God's love expected nothing in return. God loves you expecting nothing in return. Agape love, God's love, just, it just loves. It loves. And knowing all too well about human behavior and about human sin... John, the apostle, is absolutely blown away that God would love the likes of us so much that it would bring us into this father-child relationship. He is amazed that God would love sinful human beings so much he would call us his kid. We're his children. And you said the most important word there in verse 2. That three-letter word. 
N-O-W. Now. Now we are children of God. And what that means is, is that we are God's children now if. Perhaps the largest word in the English language. If we have accepted his son Jesus Christ by faith. See, not everybody is a child of God. They're all created by God. But you don't become a child of God until you accept by faith the Son of God. Because, friend, listen, everyone will live eternally somewhere. Shake your head if you know that. Everyone will live eternally somewhere. So you need to make a decision today about where you're going to spend your eternity, and you need to do it now. Because we're not guaranteed tomorrow. And the moment that a Christian says yes to a decision about Jesus Christ and believing in him by faith, trusting in him to secure your salvation, to purchase your place in heaven, the moment that you say yes, you have eternal life with God. That's good news. That's great news. In John 3.36, the Bible says, He who believes in the Son has eternal life not will have not might have not should have not hopefully will have no he has eternal life he has eternal life and then in john 5 24 jesus himself said he who hears my words and believes listen to me has passed from death to life has passed from death to to life. Behold the love, y'all. Behold the love that God has poured out on us. That by believing in Jesus as Savior and Lord, that we should be called children of God. That's amazing news. God has provided for us in the past. But God also has a plan for your future. Look at what he says there at the end. Of verse 2. John says. And it has not yet been revealed. What we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed. We shall be like him. And we shall see him. As he is. Now friend we can celebrate for days. Just the fact. Of what God has provided for us in the past. But John says that. When, when that day comes, when Christ is revealed, we shall be like him and we shall see him as he is. If you think that being included into the family of God is great news, I want you to think for a moment about the fact that one day you're going to be like the son of God. That may be difficult for you to comprehend. I know me. I saw him shaving in the mirror this morning. I know him. And to think that because of his faith in Jesus, he's called a child of God. And he's going to be like the son of God one day. That's beyond my understanding. But this life, friend... It's just but a foretaste of what's coming. 
John gives us four things to chew on when it comes to what we can know and what we can't know about this glorious day. He begins by telling us one thing that there's no way that we could ever know. The thing that we can't know about this day is, listen to me, is what it's going to be like being like Jesus. Think about that for a second. There's no way we can know that. What it's going to be like being like Jesus. Today we live by faith. And as I mentioned, it's only a foretaste of what's coming in our future as we become like him. But Paul gave us a little bit of extra info. In Romans chapter 8, Paul wrote these words to believers. Okay. He said, for I consider that the suffering of this present time this difficult life I'm enduring, the heartache and the difficulty and the sinfulness and the failures that I'm going through are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. It ain't nothing, y'all, compared to the glory which shall be when you become like Christ. Man, that should have us stepping on our tippy toes, man. We got to be saying, whoa, I can't wait. I've got this expectation that one day I'm going to be showing the glory of God like the Son of God does. I'm expecting it because God's word says it and I believe it. One day I'm going to become like Christ. It's hard to imagine, friend, about having, like, what it's going to be like having a glorified body like Jesus had after he was resurrected. It's hard to understand that. But listen, it's going to be a reality. It's going to happen. You're going to become like him. I didn't say it. The word of God says it. And Paul elaborated in Philippians chapter 3. He says our Lord Jesus will transform these lowly bodies. Our Lord Jesus is going to change these lowly sinful failures. These wretched fleshly bodies. He's going to change us. And that we might be conformed to his glorious body. I talked last week about the connection between being conformed and imitating. We're going to be an imitation of Jesus. That's the word of God. That's the conforming power of Jesus. The problem is we just can't know what it's going to be like being like Jesus. There's no way, because nobody else has ever done it. But there are three things that we can know, according to John. In fact, I believe that there's more about the future that we can know than that which we can't know. The first of which is this. We can know that he will appear. We know that Jesus will appear. The Bible is filled with the truth that Jesus is going to return. In Titus chapter 2, Paul wrote that the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It has appeared. And now, we, we're looking forward to the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Are you getting me? We are assured, yeah, he has appeared. But praise God, he's going to be doing some appearing too in the future. We can know that he will appear. But we can also know. That we shall be like him. When Jesus comes back. 
We're going to be like him. Now, y'all, scientifically, I got no clue how that's going to go down. Scientifically, I don't have any way of knowing how that's going to happen, but happen it will based on the authority of God's word. Paul said, for whom he, God foreknew, God also predestined, that is, he knew in advance who would be conformed into the image of his son. He knew that one day you were going to come to Christ. He knew one day you were going to turn away from your sins. He knew one day that you were going to become God's child. He knew one day that you are going to be conformed to the image of his son Jesus. And the Bible says it's going to happen just like that. In fact, Paul said in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 15, Behold, I tell you a mystery. It's hard to know. That's what a mystery is. We don't know all the details. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Amen. What an amazing thought to think for a second that you're going to be changed instantaneously in a moment of time. And you're going to become like Jesus. So we can know that he's coming. We can certainly know that we're going to be like him. But John says we can also know that we shall see him as he is. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 3.18, perhaps one of the most underestimated verses of scripture in the whole Bible. 2 Corinthians 3.18, Paul said, we all, talking to believers, we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror. The glory of the Lord being transformed into the same image from glory to glory to glory to glory to what? Glory. By the Holy Spirit of God. Imagine looking one day into the mirror and not seeing you no more. But seeing that beautiful image of the Son of God. Looking with unveiled face. Beholding as in a mirror. And you get a glimpse of you in Jesus. Friend, that verse tells us, yeah, we're going to be changed like Christ when he returns. But it also tells us that we are being transformed even now. Every day you walk by faith. Every day you walk in obedience to the word of God. Every day that you walk in obedience to the ministry that God has called you into, you are being transformed from glory to glory to glory, becoming, even now, like Jesus Christ. It's happening. I've seen it in many of you. A lot, some of the other guys are a little bit slow. Somebody say amen. But we're all doing it. We're all being transformed, praise God. As we live our lives submitted to the Spirit of God. As we continue to reflect God's glory in all that we do. It's like we're looking in a mirror. And we're seeing glimpses of God in there. We're seeing glimpses of Jesus in there. As the Spirit is having His way and His will in our life. In other words, 
People see him, not you. We bring God glory and not ourselves glory. That's what our Christian journey does as we move on to this day when we'll become like him. We realize our journey is going to be complete one day when we see him at his return. So maybe if I have enough faith to start walking with him now, maybe if I'll start pursuing up my fellowship with God now, maybe if I'll start imitating Jesus now, maybe it won't be such a hard job for Jesus when he comes, amen? I'll already give him a jump start just by walking in obedience. I pray that for you, friend. This is definitely true. Definitely, definitely true. Every Christian should be able to say this. If you're listening, say amen. Here we go. Every Christian should be able to say this. I am not what I should be. You should be able to say, I am not what I want to be. But praise God, I'm not what I used to be either. Amen. I'm moving along. I'm being transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. I pointed out last week that the longer a couple is married, the more and more they begin to resemble each other. For Janet's sake, I hope that ain't true. Amen. However, the research says that it is. Listen to me. This is definitely true in the spiritual realm. You'll be looking a whole lot like who you hang out with. The more time you spend with Jesus Christ, the more and more you're going to begin resembling him. You're going to start looking like him until he returns to finish up the process altogether. Friends, that's great news. That's great news. You, friend, have the greatest hope of any person on this earth. The greatest hope is that regardless of what happens to you in this life, no matter what happens to you in this life, you know that Jesus is coming. You know that when he does, you're going to be like him. And you know that you're going to see Jesus as he is today in all of his glory. And God loves us so much in the past, he sent Jesus to die as a holy sacrifice for us. But that's not all, friend. God's love also continues to love us into the future as he transforms us into his holy image. One more final message that John gives us. He also tells us that God has a purpose for the here and now. God has a purpose for our present. Let's read verse 3 together. And everyone, say everyone. Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Now, friends, there are many believers that don't like to study the book of Revelation. Many believers don't much care for the study of prophecy. And the reason they give is they don't see how Revelation and the study of prophecy has any relevance to today. But I want to tell you something. That's not true. Because everywhere in the Bible 
where you see a word about the future, you're going to find that there's a word there for today. Everywhere in the Bible. And John says, everyone who has this future hope of seeing Jesus and becoming like Jesus, today will purify himself just as Jesus is pure. Now, why would any human being trapped in a fleshly body want to try to purify himself or herself? I want to give you one word in response. Love. Love. Last week, I told you that our walk with God happens from the inside out. Not from the outside in. Not because of force or regulation or rule. Our walk with God happens from the inside out. Because we love him who first loved us. Because we love him who demonstrated his love on the cross. We want to walk with him in a way that honors him. And that's called purity. That's called a pure life. Living a pure life is simply our response of gratitude. It's simply our response of thanks for all that Jesus has done for us. So I say, I'm making it my mission. I want to encourage you to make it your mission to understand the love that God has for you. Because when you begin to understand the depths of God's love for you, you will be motivated more and more to live an impure life. Or to live a pure life, excuse me. See, it's all about love. It's all about love. The more we know about God's love for us, the less likely we'll be to break his heart by living in some sinful or impure way. So how much do you love the Lord? In John chapter 2 verse 6, 1 John chapter 2 verse 6, John says, He who says he abides in me ought himself to walk just as he walked. Walk just as he walked. And then in verse 28, the Bible says, Abide in him that when he appears, you and I may have the confidence, and listen, and not be ashamed. And not be ashamed before him at his coming. Friend, what a tragedy it would be for a child of God, saved by faith through the grace of God, what a tragedy it would be to stand before God and realize that you lived in a way that showed that you were not thankful for what Jesus did for you. Man, I don't want to have to stand before God and tell him, God, I have squandered my Christian life. I realize that I haven't honored you with the life I've lived. For that reason, let us strive.
to purify ourselves as he is pure and to walk in that style of life. See, we don't have to be afraid of God. We don't have to be afraid of what God will do to us. But I think we ought to be afraid of what our sin does to God. We want our lives to bring him glory. We want our lives to honor him and to to reflect his glory. And so we purify ourselves just as he is pure. Friend, I read a poem by a woman named Martha Nicholson. And Martha was paralyzed for 35 years. And in her latter years, she wrote a poem entitled, ironically, God's Plan for Me. To think after 35 years of paralysis, she still thought that God might have a plan for her. And here's the last verse of that poem. Lord, of the years that are left to me, I give them into thy hand. Take me, break me, and mold me into what you have planned. Y'all, we cannot do a single thing about the years that have passed us. The past is the past. The past has passed. But you can sure do something about the future. You can sure do something by living the years you have left in a way that honors And glorifies the one who gave his life for you. Holy and pure until you see Jesus face to face. And become like him. Can't do nothing about yesterday. But you can draw your line in the sand about today and every day hereafter. I pray that you'll bring God on. Father, thank you for loving us like you have in the past. Lord, thank you for loving us like your word tells us you will in the future. But Lord, thank you so much for loving us right now. Even in our brokenness, even in our struggle, even when we fail, even when Thank you for calling us your child. Lord, thank you for loving us like you do. Lord, thank you for wanting to make us like Jesus. Lord, let that transformation be occurring all throughout our lives. Beginning today, we're not worried about the past. We're worried about today and every day hereafter. Lord, let us take charge of that future and submit it to you, yielding our lives to the Spirit of God letting you have full reign over our lives. Lord, we love you today and we praise you today. Lord, in a group this size with people listening in, Father, we just pray that if there is one person who has not yet come to Christ Jesus by faith, so that they can have this understanding that they're a child of God, and they're going to be like him and see him as he is when he's revealed. Father, don't let them pass another day.
Yesterday was yesterday, but today's today. I pray that they'll become like Christ today. Lord, I also ask for those longtime believers that have been holding back. Lord, let them draw a line in the sand too. And let them be reminded, Lord, that they're not what they should be. They probably aren't what they want to be. But praise God, they're not what they used to be. And they can be different in the future for your glory. Lord, have your will and your way in this time. In Jesus' name and all God's people.